This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Manscaped and by Caviar. So let's start things off with an update on yesterday's main story. The mysterious, possibly otherworldly, metallic monolith discovered in the remote wilderness of southeastern Utah by wildlife officials who were out there literally counting sheep. Mm -hmm. uh, while photos and videos of the 10 to 12 foot tall triangular prism were released to the public, the actual location was not disclosed, except for just being in the general area of the town of Moab, because officials didn't want a bunch of people venturing out into the middle of nowhere to go look at it and then get themselves stranded or killed in the process. But the internet being the internet... Has a lot of time on its hands these days. Yeah, the monolith was located very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, it was tracked down before our video yesterday even made it to upload, which rendered <laughs> it all... It was instantly old news. Yeah. Um, and we're pretty sure the one who actually pointed out, who actually figured out where on the map this monolith is, was a Reddit user named Bearfucker. Okay. Who posted a Google Earth link to a post on the GeoGuessr subreddit, which we I think we predicted the GeoGuessr community would yeah, be, be able the to ones. crack it. Yeah. yeah. So they figured, uh, Bearfucker, he or she, Bearfucker figured it out. And when asked how Bearfucker did it, Bearfucker replied with the following. I looked at rock type, sandstone, color, red and white, no black streaks like found on higher cliffs in Utah, shape, more rounded, indicating a more exposed area and erosion, the texture of the canyon floor, flat rock versus sloped, indicating higher up in a watershed with infrequent water, and the larger cliff slash mesa in the upper background of one of the photos that Utah DPS took. I took all that and lined it up with the flight time and flight path of the helicopter earlier in the morning, taking off from Monticello, Utah, and flying almost directly north before going off radar, usually indicating it dropped below visible radar level. From there, I know I am looking for a south-slash-east-facing canyon with rounded red-slash-white rock, uh, most likely close to the base of a larger cliff or mesa, most likely closer to the top of a watershed, and with a suitable flat area for an AS-350 helicopter to land. Took about 30 minutes of random checks around the Green River or Colorado River Junction before finding similar terrain. From there, it took another 15 minutes to find the exact canyon. Yes, I'm a freak. <laughs> but the world needs these kinds of freaks. Yeah, you can fuck whatever bear you want, whether it's an animal or the type of gay man that is large and hairy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, even with all that information, I mean, still actually finding this thing... It had to have been like almost literally like finding a needle in a haystack. Well, when you zoom out, it literally yeah. is that. Yeah, the model is it's mainly visible in the satellite imagery via its long narrow shadow. It's it's a needle. It's like a sundial. Yeah, and like I mean, even just looking at it, like I would you know looking at it on Google Maps, I would lose track of it even when I had the pointer on it. Like the, everything around here just looks the same. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if that satellite photo had been taken closer to like solar noon, it would have just been a dot. No one would have ever found it. Uh, and based on older satellite photos, it seems that the monolith was installed there sometime between August 2015 and October 2016, meaning that it's been just sitting out there waiting to be discovered for four or five years. Yeah, it's a long game. Yeah. Anyway, if you're curious, the coordinates are roughly 38.343 degrees north, 109.666 degrees west, and uh, yeah, it's very much in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's actually, it's only about 17 miles from Moab in a straight line, but actually getting there requires an 84-mile, two-hour drive involving a lot of dirt trails, and then a half mile or so of hiking. We needed, instead of raiding Area 51, there needs to be a rave that happens at this monolith. So yeah, that kind of trip is, of course, a terrible idea unless you have an off-road vehicle and a decent experience going off-road, along with probably some physical maps and a dedicated GPS device, and be sure to bring lots of water. Always yeah. lots of water. Uh, the terrain, it's extremely rough. Temperatures this time of year get below freezing at night, 
and obviously there's no cell service. Now, for reference, the monolith isn't located very far from where Aaron Ralston famously had to saw his own arm off with a pocket knife to avoid dying and never being found. You've all seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, the area looks like another planet, and in a lot of ways, it might as well be one. Now, having said all that, you can absolutely bet that a ton of people have already gone ahead and paid the monolith a visit. Uh, apparently, people went there like a year ago. Wait, what? Yeah, apparently people like have pictures of it from a year ago, and it, I guess, didn't make that big of a splash in the news. And then this comes out, and everyone's like, yeah, we've been there. Hey, no big cool, deal. Right? Yeah. Someone uh, very rude on Twitter brought that to my attention. <laughs> what, fucking old news. Do your fucking research. Like, what, 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 come on. We're two guys. Yeah. Make your own fucking show, <laughs> dick. Anyway, we're not sure who exactly got there first this week, uh, but yeah. uh, here's a guy who found it and got a pretty sick picture of him sitting on top of it. Uh, here's two other people posing in front of it. There's also multiple videos taken by just dozens of other people who managed to get out there. Uh, many at the same time, uh, including cast members of the Discovery Channel show Diesel Brothers. Is that uh, Vin Diesel and his brother? At, le at least one. No. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. Hmm. I'm, I'm sure Vin Diesel will find a way to put it in one of the next Hey, you guys movies. need another partner? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just a ton of people out there. They, they're like, all right, let's go. Cool. And uh, yeah, based on footage of the monolith up close, uh, it's unfortunately not technically a monolith. It's rather sheets of stainless steel that are riveted together, which makes sense given the trip Whoever put it there had to make, if it was a solid piece of steel, like, yeah. can't really do that on an ATV. Um, there are also are saw marks visible on the ground where it was placed, and there's some sort of, like, epoxy or adhesive holding it in place. So It's an art piece. Probably not aliens. No. Guys. Uh, DIY, DIY aliens. Yeah. Yeah. As for who made it, we still don't know. It's been around for at least four years, five yeah. years, so... This person, very secretive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if the pattern continues, it will be discovered right before this goes up, and we'll have an update for you in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, this video will be uploading, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, it was this guy named uh, Max. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the fact that it was sitting out there for up to five years indicates that whoever put it there might be fine just letting it remain a mystery. Yeah, I like it as a mystery. Yeah, in the meantime, though, this thing is almost definitely getting removed in the coming weeks. The longer it stays up, the higher ch that chances are that uh, unprepared idiots are going to try and visit and require a rescue or just die in the process. Yeah. Uh, the authorities in Utah, they don't want that. Yeah, it's bad for business. This was a fun story. They don't need to turn it into tragedy. Yeah. I want someone to go out there and then it falls on their arm. And Dog! Like, oh, jeez. Oh, man. And I didn't tell anyone I was coming here. Luckily, There's I no brought cell phone a service. pocket knife. Yeah, it's just a dull pocket knife. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do really want to visit it, um, but in a safe way, um, some furries in the VR chat community have already released a very convincing virtual scene to hang out in. What is up with the furries and making places in VR chat? I don't know. I love it. And they, yeah, they're, it, they're very good at it. I don't know if it's the exact same people, but it, it's a lot of the same people posting about it are the ones who posted about the furry VR chat thing uh, where they recreated Four Seasons Total Landscaping after mm -hmm. Rudy Giuliani's press conference. They there. are a, a community after all, and because yeah. of COVID, they... Still want to gather, and the VR chat's yeah. great because you can have your fursona. And, uh, because of discrimination in this world, you yeah. can't go out and hang out in a fursuit, yeah. but you can in VR chat. And you can do it anywhere. Anywhere that's, uh, that someone builds in 3D Studio Max or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, thank you, furry VR chat community. Uh, in this case, they may have even saved countless lives yeah, of who people knows? who would have otherwise been like, all right, well, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm going to drive my 
Honda Accord out in the middle of the... Oh, jeez, I'm stuck. Oh, wait, I'm thirsty. Oh, God, it's cold. I'm just impressed by the, the furry community and their ability to turn around these uh, 3D worlds so quickly. Yeah. And very accurately done. Dedication. Yeah. Anyways, moving on uh, to some more of the, the usual tech news about big tech companies doing things that are bad and dumb. And you're probably aware that on YouTube, ads only play in front of videos from channels that have joined the YouTube Partner Program, which requires at least a 1,000 subscribers and a manual review of the channel to make sure it's adhering to the content guidelines. Well, YouTube announced last week that they'll now be placing ads in front of videos from channels that aren't part of the YouTube Partner Program. Oh, cool. So, uh, hey, great news for smaller creators just getting started, right? Sounds like you can start pulling in some of that sweet, sweet ad revenue. Even if it's just a dollar a month, yeah, that a little yeah, bit helps, right? A little bit helps, except uh, no. No. No, they're just putting ads in front of non-partner videos and the, those non-partner creators. They're not getting any of that money. Uh-uh. You should be very thankful that you're even on our website. Yeah, which a lot of people are calling this uh, exploitative and greedy. But in addition to that, uh, it also just seems kind of dumb. I mean, at this point, it's, it's hard to keep track of every adpocalypse that's happened on YouTube. But we seem to recall that ads automatically appearing in front of, like, videos featuring hate speech and terrorism and stuff like that, was uh, one of the big reasons like that scared the brands away at one point. Yeah. Now they're just uh, like, yeah, fuck it. Put yeah, it on whatever. Ads on everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, YouTube says that these new ads won't be placed in front of videos that violate the TOS, but that's obviously going to be done entirely by an algorithm. And algorithms are fucking dumb. Yeah. So it's, it's probably, this is just a ticking time bomb mm -hmm. for just like, some horrible, disgusting, depraved thing having like a Coca-Cola ad in front of it and Coca-Cola being like, well, we don't endorse this. Brands, let's go. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like a bad idea yeah. for multiple reasons, but uh, I don't know, whatever. Speaking of AI content moderation, though, a group over, uh, of over 200 human Facebook moderators published an open letter last week addressed to Facebook's top executives in which they say that Facebook's AI content moderation is trash and doesn't work. The letter is about a number of different grievances related to work during COVID, which we'll get to. But here's the part about AI. At the start of the pandemic, both full-time Facebook staff and content moderators worked from home. To cover the pressing need to moderate the masses of violence, hate, terrorism, child abuse, and other horrors that we fight for you every day, you sought to substitute our work with the work of a machine. Without informing the public, Facebook undertook a massive live experiment in heavily automated content moderation. Management told moderators that we should no longer see certain varieties of toxic content coming up in the review tool from which we work, such as graphic violence or child abuse, for example. The AI wasn't up to the job. Important speech got swept into the maw of the Facebook filter, and risky content like self-harm stayed up. The lesson is clear. Facebook's algorithms are years away from achieving the necessary level of sophistication to moderate content automatically. They may never get there. This raises a stark question. If our work is so core to Facebook's business that you will ask us to risk our lives in the name of Facebook's community and profit, are we not, in fact, the heart of your company? Healthcare, please. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we've talked a lot uh, over the years about how shitty the job of content moderation uh, for Facebook can be. It's obviously a traumatizing experience having to spend your entire day looking at the worst stuff on the internet, but it's way worse when you're not even getting paid enough to do it. Yeah. Uh, you've got difficult quotas to keep up with. There's almost no mental health support system in place. Yeah. But for the past several months, a lot of these moderators have had to worry about contracting COVID-19 as well. So there you go. Mm -hmm. uh, at first, content moderators were allowed to work from home, but once it became clear that the AI content moderation wasn't up to snuff, the play on words a little bit, uh, human moderators, they were forced back into the office, uh, which, 
I mean, I'm I'm looking at this from a a, a law enforcement uh, scenario where like, imagine putting these content moderators in their on their home Wi-Fis and home yeah, internet. Yeah, looking things. at like child porn. Yeah, I mean, there are like le- there are legitimate reasons why you wouldn't want the people taking yeah. a lot of this work home. Like that makes sense. Their children having access to the family computer. Like yeah, a- any number of reasons. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, yeah, here's some more information from that letter. The pandemic has been good for Facebook. More than 3 billion people have now joined Facebook services, creating more demand for our work than ever. Mr. Zuckerberg nearly doubled his fortune during the crisis. He is now worth well over $100 billion. It has been good for Facebook's contractors, too. CPL, one of the main European contractors, is due to be sold for 318 million euros. Despite vast sums flowing into each of you as corporate executives, you have refused moderators' hazard pay. A content moderator at Accenture's office in Austin, Texas, generally earns $18 an hour. Before the pandemic, content moderation was easily Facebook's most brutal job. We waded through violence and child abuse for hours on end. Moderators working on child abuse content had targets increased during the pandemic with no additional support. Now, on top of work that is psychologically toxic, holding on to the job means walking into a hot zone. In several offices, multiple COVID cases have occurred on the floor. Burgers have asked Facebook's leadership and the leadership of your outsourcing firms like Accenture and CPL to take urgent steps to protect us and value our work. You refused. We are publishing this letter because we are left with no other choice. Yeah. Anyways, the demands at the end of the letter, they're perfectly reasonable. Let people work from home if possible. Offer hazard pay for workers who must work in person. Offer the same health benefits that Facebook's actual employees receive. And also just end this outsourcing third-party shit altogether and actually hire Facebook's moderators as Facebook employees since they are clearly so vital to this business. Yeah. Uh, the letter ends with the following, quote, The current crisis highlights that at the core of Facebook's business lies a deep hypocrisy. By outsourcing our jobs, Facebook implies that the 35,000 of us who work in moderation are somehow peripheral to social media. Yet we are so integral to Facebook's viability that we must risk our lives to come into work. It is time to reorganize Facebook's moderation work on the basis of equality and justice. We are the core of Facebook's business. We deserve the rights and benefits of full Facebook staff. We look forward to your public response. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of high hopes, wouldn't but wouldn't it be fucking great if this actually worked? I mean, they did successfully sue Facebook a year or so ago. You shouldn't but, have to. But again, there was it was like it was one of those settlements where Facebook just reached into their ashtray and pulled out like the you know their loose chains. Like, all right, that's what's so fucked up about this too is that they could just do that and pay all these people a living wage with health benefits. Yeah. Instead, they're just like, well, let's see how long we can get away with it before they sue us. Right. Or before there's a moral outrage from a country that apparently has no morals. We've lived through literally a year that has proven how rotten the heart and the core of this country are. Yeah. I don't know if there's any coming back from it just because of how terrible people seem to be and seem to treat others. It's it's depressing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. No. This is like a small example of a much broader issue. This is the the land of not my problem. Yeah. That sounds like a you problem. (laughs) I'll deal with it when it's a me problem. Yeah. Anyways, before we get to the rest of today's news, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Hey, finally some good news. Hey. Trim your balls. Ho, 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 fellas. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? 
naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. And Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming, has the number one gift of the year with their new performance package. It's the ultimate men's hygiene and makes the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says, your balls will thank you, with the most sought after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Hell yeah. Listen, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. There's a lot here. Yeah, the, uh, tis the season to manscape, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and all your friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped, the Manscaped Performance Package. Get the Performance Package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Now, let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. The Performance Package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer, and it is hot off the shelves. You can get 20% off right now, plus free shipping, if you go to manscaped.com slash technewsday. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. Mm. Again, that is 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash technewsday. 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com slash technewsday. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Yes. Your nuts will love that clean box. Mm -hmm. And this episode is sponsored by Caviar. Hungry? Yeah, cooking's <laughs> great. Um, sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. Like, let's say, a Friday right after Thanksgiving when yeah. you just want to relax and you're sick of cooking. Or, I don't know, a busy Monday. Sometimes you just don't want to cook. So, yeah. for those kinds of days, get the Caviar app and get the best local restaurants delivered right to your door. Caviar is all about great restaurants. That's why you'll find the best spots in your neighborhood right when you open the app. With collections like Mediterranean, vegan, vegetarian, and more, it's super easy to find good food for whatever you're feeling. If you're looking for something that's not dinner, Caviar can also help you get ice cream or fun snacks or breakfast or healthy lunch and more. So get the Caviar app, get delivery, get the food you want, and just for you, our viewers, Caviar is giving you 20% off your first order. You just enter the promo code TECHNEWSDAY at checkout. Remember, that's 20% off your first order with promo code TECHNEWSDAY. So download the Caviar app today. Use our offer code TECHNEWSDAY for 20% off your first order. Make it a big order. You're getting the discount. Yeah. yeah. Get the family fed. Buy yourself a feast. Yeah. Anyways, back to the news now. Uh, let's check in on COVID-19. Up, mm. oh, not great. Yeah. Daily new cases in the U.S. are now at around 178,000 per day. Wow. Uh, that's almost definitely going to shoot up a whole lot uh, in about two weeks once the current Thanksgiving travel super spreader event uh, takes effect. And uh, on Tuesday, there were over 2,200 COVID deaths in the U.S., which is the highest in a single day since early May. It's, it's extremely messed up. It's but coming I did, back. I did enjoy the uh, comparison to the uh, first Thanksgiving where uh, the white people came through and spread the disease all around the country and killed a bunch of people. It is. Uh, there is some karma here. Some, yeah. Some horrible, horrible irony. Yes. But uh, yeah, so that it's just it's just getting worse and worse and worse. But also on the medicine side of things, promising new information does continue to come to light. It's like the, the drugs and the disease are playing a game of chicken. Just... Accelerating un until they crash into each other. And uh, I'm just sitting on the sidelines going, cool, can we speed this all up a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, remember Regeneron? Cool name. Uh, I mean, technically it's the name of, the, of a company, but uh, they made the antibodies cocktail that President Trump was treated with when he had COVID. Delicious. And he, he just kept referring to it as Regeneron. So, yeah, it's Regeneron. Well, it's, it's like he called Tim Apple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Regeneron. 
Uh, anyway, it's been given emergency use authorization by the FDA to treat COVID-19 patients, That's which is great. good news. Yeah, the Regeneron antibody cocktail won't be given to every single COVID-19 patient, but will instead go to patients that doctors deem to be at high risk for developing into severe cases. With the FDA listing patients who are 65 and over and or have chronic medical issues as prime candidates. Now, this is good news. That shit definitely seemed to work when the president took it. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully the manufacturing and logistics move quickly. Uh, these seniors are going to be like 20 years old again. I just want to fuck. Yeah. Well, this Regeneron, even after the COVID pandemic, is going to spread like wildfire down at that uh, yeah. the place in Florida. Yeah, the villages. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a Regeneron dealer. Hey, come here, baby. Hey, you want to feel young tonight? Yeah. Wear that short skirt when you play the tennis today. Oh, my Look God. Look good. Uh, meanwhile, there's yet another vaccine candidate that's apparently almost ready for prime time, in addition to the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Yeah, one more. So this one's from AstraZeneca and Oxford University. And uh, while it's definitely not as far along as the other two vaccines at this point in terms of like effectiveness and testing, uh, it does show a lot of promise since it apparently can be administered in smaller amounts and also be transported at standard refrigeration temperatures. Mm -hmm. And uh, also... This vaccine is an adenovirus vaccine, which is a much older type of vaccine compared to the mRNA vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna. So uh, it should be cheaper to produce because yeah. of that. But uh, yeah, as with all of these vaccines, they're not out yet, so don't act like they are. Yeah, you got to pre-order these bad boys. Yeah. Um, and then when the day that they're released, you're probably not going to get it. Yeah. You're going to get a letter from Amazon that says, sorry, we're going to need a couple more weeks. Yeah, you're going to have to go through scalpers. It's going to be hell. Yeah, dude, the, the scalpers, you're going to find vaccines on StockX, Depop, yeah. Poshmark. It's the only place you're going to be able to get these vaccines. Do you live in a Moderna household or a <laughs> uh, Pfizer household? I don't know. Fucking Naruto, like, the Moderna vaccine is the greatest vaccine. No, Pfizer's vaccine is crap. But yeah, with this AstraZeneca one in particular, there's still a decent amount of skepticism about it as well. Uh, there's reasons people have looked at the data and been like, yeah, this might not be ready for a while. And I mean, that's, we don't know when any of these are coming. Yeah. Um, vaccines, they're coming. Still going to be a while, probably. Yeah. So yeah, again, do not... Stop taking any of this seriously. Just look at the charts. It's bad. Yeah, that's what it I... It looks terrible. I've said this the past couple episodes where it's just like... people. The vibe that I get from seeing the numbers is that people are like, yeah, the vaccine's coming. Let's go back out. That's not... Vaccines aren't cures. They prevent yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Now, speaking of which, uh, new research has found that... Brace yourselves. Mask wearing? It's good. Wow. Uh, we already knew that from a biological perspective, but this study from the University of Utah School of Business looked at it from an economics perspective once they got done figuring out the monolith. <laughs> Uh, they found that not only do mask mandates decrease the amount of new COVID cases, they're also great for the economy. Uh, Anti-maskers might be loud, but in places with mask mandates, more people are actually willing to leave their house and spend money in their community compared to places without a mask mandate. Yeah. And interestingly, they found that while this is the case with state-level mask mandates, county-level mask mandates are far less effective at inspiring consumer confidence. And in some cases, they actually decrease it. So basically, if reopening the economy is your primary concern in this COVID situation, you should support state-level mask mandates. Or hell, even federal level. Although that'll never fucking happen. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just so funny. It's like, oh, we, you make a mask mandate and like all the cranks come out of the woodwork and they're like, this is tyranny or whatever. But when there's not a mask mandate, way, way, way more people are just like, well, yeah, I'm not going to go to fucking Costco today. 
Do you see the numbers? Yeah. This shit's fucked. And nobody there is wearing a mask. Yeah. Here, yeah. here, it teeters back and forth between acceptance here. There's still a lot of dick noses out there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mm. What are you going to do? At least people are actually trying. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, there are some businesses where mask mandates just, they can't work. With bars and restaurants where people's mouths are just going to need to be open. They're just yeah. bop, 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 chomping and sipping away. Uh, and our stance on that is that the government should just be paying bars and restaurants to stay closed. And paying their employees. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's more important that these people stay in business, even if it's through artificial means, than uh, force yeah, them yeah. to actually do business in a dangerous way. But, hey, that's obviously not going to happen. Not even the big, scary, liberal California government has even floated the idea yeah, they're just like, of nah, subsidizing business. Yeah, shut it yeah. down. Yeah, it'll be fine. Also, uh, you know, like all the uh, rent uh, protections and yeah. stuff like that. We're going to end those two. Yeah, I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah, well, okay. Um, yeah, no. In- Stupid. Instead, in a lot of places, restaurants have been allowed to operate outdoors on the sidewalks or in parking lots because it is safer to gather in open air than indoors uh, to a degree. But... Also, it's getting colder in a lot of places. So outdoor dining is gradually just turning into indoor dining, but outside. Yes. But inside like shacks and tents that completely defeat the purpose of open air dining because they're not actually open air anymore. No. They're just like temporary structures. The the, the restaurant itself is not emitting disease particles. It's the people inside of it. Yeah. The ones that I've seen look like those uh, that they set up in like fields for weddings. Where there's all the sides are covered, yeah. and the windows are see-through vinyl. Yeah, it's worse. It's like eating in a greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. They're like those, like in countries that have Christmas uh, villages in the in Europe, yeah. where they, you know, Christmas town in the middle of town, starting in like late October. They, yeah, there's, there's temporary pop-up restaurants that are basically these shacks mm-hmm. and now it's they're just all over new york city and washington dc and like and yeah like not not only does it defeat the purpose in some cases it's arguably even less safe yeah. than indoor dining due to the risk of like just the whole thing collapsing onto customers there's no regulation some of these look pretty yeah, sketchy yeah. yeah and they needed to get them up fast yeah like, and they're just out there hammering hammering away like i i don't think uh they're really consulting like the code book and i don't think inspections are happening or anything like that yeah, especially here like a, a 1.0 earthquake that hits like every other day could send like a, a, a fucking pergola yeah, that just, someone put up. Yeah, just tumbling down on people. So again, I don't know. Just fucking pay the place to stay closed. I don't know why this is controversial. Pay people to stay home. We already spent tr- $2 trillion to do fucking nothing. Like the whole argument that oh, like we gotta save the economy by staying open. It's like we, the economy has suffered so much more under this like half measure of like we'll keep half the economy open but there'll be regulations then it ever would have like if we had just shut the entire fucking country down for real for For like like, three weeks three weeks and then and then if there uh, if something flares up you shut that down yeah if we had nobody travels and like actually paid people and businesses to just not do anything for those three weeks that would have cost so much less than what it's cost the entire economy to do whatever the fuck we're doing the last eight months. Another reason where it's just like, you look at the state of things and it's like, yeah, the fucking government loan program, in theory, a decent idea. Yeah. But, but guess what? A bunch of fucking People assholes. are assholes. Yeah, a bunch of uh, horrible people just took advantage of it. Yeah. And they're not going to pay it back. No, no. It's all loan, but whatever. Um, Forgivable loan. But yeah, in the current state of things, bars and restaurants, they're just going to do whatever they can to make rent and stay in business. Yeah. Which in a lot of cities is a lot of money. They need to 
And, and restaurants are already on pretty thin margins as it is. Like, well, the most fucked up part about there's there's two things that are really fucked up about the L.A. one, Southern California one, is that, uh, first of all, they're closing restaurants a week after Gavin Newsom got caught eating in a fu- inside of a restaurant. I hate him so much. Yes. And number two, <laughs> they announced it like a week before it was going to happen. Not even like four or five days before yeah. it was going to happen. And they announced it. That it closes down the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. When people, these businesses have invested tens of thousands of dollars into this whatever outdoor scenario. Yeah. Heaters, uh, buying all the food for Thanksgiving takeout and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like, what are you doing? They fucked us. They fucked us all. Not that I'm like, not that I'm upset because I, I wouldn't go and eat outside or anything like that, but I feel terrible for the bars and restaurants and their employees. Yeah. No, they're just trying not to go out of business. Anyway. Hey, I'm just so frustrated. Yeah. Anyway, just a little rant about that. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. If you somehow watched this before our most recent one where we introduced the monolith story. Yeah, you want the backstory. Uh, you can watch the yeah. whole thing in reverse now. Yeah, and, and then, also uh, a new episode of Weekly Weird News about Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus and how he might be a super spreader too. Yeah, be uh, careful. I hope the I hope I hope the country gets nicer one day. Nah, in all aspects. I don't think it will. Uh, bye. Bye.